Well, if you can grab your Bibles this morning and open them up to Psalm 23. If you've been with us, you know we finished the book of Revelation, a study, a year and a half or so it took. And uh, before I start our next book, which I'll announce to you next week, uh, that we're going to study through a book of the Bible, I thought it'd be really good for us to uh, take the time and study Psalm 23. So we've been taking one verse each week. We're in our fifth week here, and we're in verse 5 this morning. But uh, if you can turn to Psalm 23 for our message. And as what we've been doing every Sunday is I'm having you guys stand, and we're going to read together out loud Psalm 23. And hopefully by doing this, you guys will have this memorized in your head, rolling around in there, never forget it, but it's rich words for us. So let's all stand. Let's all stand. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And let's read together now. Let's read out loud. Okay, none of this. <laughs> now, we want to hear your voices. You know what? God wants to hear your voices. All right. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, we thank you so much for this psalm and how much it means to us, Lord. And we ask that you continue to speak to us. God, thank you that even though you know, you, know, you know us through and through, you know our good, you know our bad, you know how much we love you, we know that you know our failures, yet you're still with us. And I ask that you would speak to us, give us a special word to each one of us this morning by your spirit, and we ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There's a small rural town about 4,000 people in central Arizona, just outside of Phoenix, and it's called, get this, it's called Carefree. That's the name of the town. I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome. It's next to Black Mountain, uh, looks out on the Sonoran Desert. Residents who live there, they say the natural beauty, the clean air, the less traffic give Carefree, the name of the town, a life of peace and tranquility. Many have moved there to retire, actually, um, as it really it sits like 2,400 feet in elevation. So it's typically 5 to 7 degrees cooler up there than the surrounding regions. I was thinking, oh, that's like Pukalani, yeah, where we live. Oh, we're blessed to live up country here. Among the many street names, I thought this was interesting. These names stand out to me. They're street names called, like, Peaceful Place. Tranquil Trail, Pleasant Place, Easy Street, uh, Serene Street. I like this one, No More Drive. I like that, No More. Uh, Lazy Lane, Slumber Drive, and of course, there is a Carefree Drive. Well, I don't know if life there is really carefree, but I do know that God takes totally care of our lives. And that's what the Good Shepherd does for his sheep. So as we return in our in-depth study of Psalm 23, we find the sheep are just what this town is, carefree, and I add, and happy. So the title of our message this morning is this, Carefree and Happy, Carefree and Happy. And as I mentioned, as we're going through Psalm 23, today we're going to just look at verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5 carefree, and happy. We're going to see three things in this verse, and I kind of split this one verse into three parts, and this is our outline. Number one, the table of God. Number two, the oil of relief. 
And number three, the cup of joy. So those are the things we're going to be seeing and wraps up into our points. But again, our title, overall, we see that the sheep are carefree and happy. So let's begin here. Number one in our outline, the table of God. The table of God. Now we're going to take the first part of verse 5. And it says here, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, as I've been giving to you or letting you guys know that this psalm of David just continues uh, here. And it's all about this relationship with the shepherd and his sheep. That's the picture. But it speaks to us about God and his relationship with us. How God deals with us. How God is there for us. How God is that great shepherd. And so here in verse 5, David begins here and he writes the word you. Now remember, you is the shepherd, and you is Yahweh, as we learn in verse 1, right? Yahweh, God, the Lord, Yahweh, is my personal shepherd, as we learn way back in verse 1. But remember last time, I also mentioned to you, when we were in verse 4, how David changed he, uh, the word he, in verse 2 and 3, to the word you in verse 4, making it even more personal. That God our shepherd, God my shepherd, is, is a very personal God. He's a very personal shepherd in dealing with me, in being with me, and they're right there in my life. So David continues here in verse 5, re, uh, uh, saying to the shepherd that the shepherd is you. He says you, making it really personal. And then he goes on in verse 5. He says, you prepare a table. Now, uh, this really speaks of this table for eating. It's, it, it's about the idea of having a meal together with the shepherd. Now, I want to tell you that commentators uh, on Psalm 23 and pastors and those theologians and commentators, they are equally divided in how they approach verse 5. You see, some feel David uh, changes this analogy of the shepherd and his sheep to a shepherd who's hosting a dinner for their guests. Now, uh, that makes sense. I mean, so you prepares this meal he puts out this table he sets out this table with food yeah there there's oil for the anointing of the guests back in the back then in ancient times in that area they would anoint the heads of their guests with oil and they they and the get the host fills the cup of their guests with their drink and continues to fill so it, it makes sense in that way but others, and it, like I said, they equally uh, see this in different ways. Others feel David is still carrying on this whole analogy of the shepherd and his sheep and, and with that metaphor. And, and for me, I'm going to go that way. I, I feel like it's still about, I fall on that side of the line. It's still about the shepherd and his sheep. Now, of course, you can be a good Brian, right? A Brian, right? Acts, um, uh, what is it? 1711. Sorry, had a little little brain fade. I'm getting older, so be, be merciful to me. But yeah, you know, 1711, being a good Berean, you know, study the scriptures yourself. You can study this yourself, but today I'm going to approach it this way. So with this in mind, with the shepherd and his sheep here, the shepherd now, if you look at it this way, he prepares a table. Now, the word table in the Hebrew literally is spread out. So the table makes this, I mean, the, the shepherd makes this spread for the sheep, you can say. Now, as we look at it as a shepherd and a sheep, what it describes is the shepherd will bring the sheep to what is called the table lands. And we may use the word like flatland or plateau, yeah, plateau. We, we use that, you know, that high mountain with its top cut off and it's all flat, yeah. And so the shepherd brings the sheep to this kind of table, quote-unquote, to say. And to me it flows pretty good because remember in verse 4, the shepherd led 
the sheep we learn from the lower fields in the springtime to the highland, right? Where it's cool and where the grass is still green in the summertime. And what did he do? He brought the sheep, what, through the valley, right, of the shadow of death, bringing them from the lower pastures to the higher pasture, the plateau, through the valley, and we read last week, the shadow of death, to this destination, the table land with the green pasture. So I see verse 5 flowing from that, and that's why I'm on that side of the line, at least today. (laughs) So here's... David saying, well, yeah, you brought me through the valley, you know, from the lowlands, through the valley of shadow death, and now you prepare this table, the green pastures for me up on that plateau on the table land. And notice he says here in verse 5, you prepare. The shepherd had prepared for the sheep to spend the summer there. From the springtime to the summer to the plateau to the table land. So what I've read in study is many times the shepherd, they do this. And the shepherd, sometime before they travel through the valley to the highland, they will go out and scout out an area to bring the sheep to. And they, they find the best grazing land. You know, they pick the best ground there. And they go over there, and if there's any, like, poisonous weeds or briars or, you know, brand things, rubbish on the ground, they'll clear it all out for the sheep for when they get there. If there's any watering holes, they'll clean that out, all of that. They'll actually go and prepare that area for the sheep and then come back and bring the sheep over there. And then notice how... David says, you prepare a table before me. And I love that. You know, again, it speaks of how personal, yeah, our shepherd is. And how this shepherd personally sets up, it spreads out, yeah, puts out a spread, I should say, you know, for food for the sheep. So you know what I like about this is we see the shepherd is on it, yeah. The shepherd makes sure that if we bring in us into this idea, this analogy of our relationship with God, God makes sure your every need is provided for. And I love that thought. I love that. So I believe what David is saying here, and this is the first thing I want you to see. The Lord your shepherd not only prepares, but also personally provides for all your needs. It's God himself who does that, yeah? It's our shepherd that he's caring for you as his sheep, his his special sheep. It's not just one. It's just, it's all of us that we're special to him. And it's the Lord, your shepherd, who takes care of you, who not only prepares, right, but also personally provides for what you need, all your, your needs. You know, I... I was thinking about this and kind of just letting it kind of sit in my mind. And, and I started thinking about, Lord, you know, I, I love that you do that. And what it makes me think about is my heart for my kids, you parents, you know, uh, who have children. And, you know, we're, we're, we're always making sure, yeah, our kids have what they need, right? We're always mindful of that. I mean, from baby times, right? Or before baby times, right? You know, you can have baby, the baby's going to come, and what? You make sure, ah, you get everything, yeah? You get the, the, the crib, you get the car seat, the stroller, you know, food, everything, bottles, everything, you know, clothes. You're making sure their room is set up. You prepare ahead of time before they even come that they have everything they need, and they grow up, yeah, into toddlers. You make sure... You know, they have what they need and the solid foods when they eat. And I guess I'm thinking of our grandkids right now. And, you know, everything that my son and my daughter-in-law do to prepare for their, every stage of their life, you know. Make sure they have clothes. And, of course, their clothes only last, what, 
couple weeks, and then they grow out of them, right? Yeah. But throughout the stages, when they go to school, oh, you get your backpack, your pencils, everything you need, you know, and you bring them to school and everything like that, pack their lunches, yeah? Oh, and then they turn to teenagers, you know, more independent. But you're still on it, right? You still make sure, oh, you, you get your cell phone, yeah, I can stay in contact with you. I got to stay in contact, you know, and, and, and you drive them to school or they get their car, right? And, of course, um, we end up helping, you know, in that way. And, and then, um, you know, make sure they're fed. Actually, it was more like, I don't think we have enough food, yeah? They seem to eat so much. And then I remember when our kids, you know, went to college and graduated high school. And it's like, oh, we don't have any money anymore, you know. But, hey, we got a lot of food now. But, you know, every step, every stage along the way, we were thinking ahead. We prepare for every stage of their life and that they're well provided for. That's our children. But think about this. Think about God. Yeah? Think about your Heavenly Father. You know what? In the same way, as adopted sons and daughters that we are, as children of God, God does the same for you. Matter of fact, He does a better job than we did as parents. So understand that, that the Lord, he, he prepares everything. Understand that He not only prepares, knows ahead of time, but He personally is providing for all your needs. I want you to turn over in the New Testament to Philippians chapter 4. And you guys know this verse, but I want you to see this right now with your own eyes. So if you can turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Turn to Philippians 4. 19. As you're turning there, perhaps you are struggling, maybe financially. Maybe there's been a cut in your pay. Maybe uh, things have changed after the pandemic. Maybe you're facing this uh, inflation, you know, price of gas and and food or, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of things are hitting you right now. But know this, God has it. He's prepared for this. He, he knows. It's not like God's going, oh, wait, oh, no, I don't know. What am I going to do? No, that's not our Lord, right? He knows, and so he will still provide for you. So Philippians four nineteen. it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Paul, the apostle's writing here, and he says, And my God, the God I know, my personal God, He will supply not just some of the, your needs, right? Yeah, Not just, well, uh, half of your needs, but all, every need of yours. Every need, all your needs, I think all the translation says. And does God have the means to do that? Oh, yes, because it's according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And does God have a lot of glories? And, and, and does God have everything? Yeah, he has it all. And so he can and he will supply every need for you. And you know what I want to mention here? It is not just like bodily or physical provision, but even our spiritual needs too. Like parents, right? We, we made sure our, our kids were emotionally, mentally taken care of. And spiritually, we did everything we can to train them up in, in the way of the Lord so they wouldn't depart from it. We did everything we can to equip them with God and Jesus, the Word. And, and spiritually, we provided as much as we can. Well, you know what? That's the Lord too. Understand that today. Second Peter uh, 1 verse 3 the first part says his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness everything you need spiritually god has provided paul even wrote in ephesians 1 that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings so everything god has provided for you both bodily and spiritually too so understand that. Be reassured of that today, right now. Well, let's go back to Psalm 23. And as we return there, uh, we go to the next part of this first part of verse 5. It says in Psalm 23, verse 5, 
You prepare a table before me. And what does David write? In the presence of my enemies. So David as the, the shepherd, yeah, he gets his spread ready. He gets the food, this green pasture. And he feeds the sheep, what? In the presence of my enemies. Now, present, the presence, the Hebrew word there means in front of or opposite of. Uh, enemies for sheep is predators, right? Wolves, coyotes, cougars, even bears I was reading. But the idea is this. No matter what predator is lurking around or spying and watching the sheep, the shepherd is on watch there. The shepherd is protecting the sheep. And, and so this really connects to verse 4. Remember David said, if you look up, that your rod and your staff, right? The rod is that... Uh, club-like instrument that the shepherd will will, will, um, either kill predators or, or, you know, get them to run away and all. They comfort me, David said. Well, it comes together here in that after going through the valley or getting up on the tablelands, the highland, the sheep are brought to this place, you know what, where they can graze, they can eat contently, securely safely. In Psalm 121, verse 4, it says, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is on watch. God is on watch for us. So what David is saying in this second part, and this is a second thing I want you to see in this section, is this. The table of God is where he provides the safe place for you to spend this time with that's the table of God. This is what David is saying. You prepare it for me. You provide everything for me. You're with me. And you know what? This is where it's a safe place. With God. Where God takes you. God provides a safe place for you to spend this time in the highlands, on the tableland, with him. After going through the valley, now you're brought to the tableland. And now you get to spend this time with him safely and graze contently. You know, I was thinking about how, remember Israel and their life in the wilderness journey? You can say God spread out his table of love and care throughout their journey here. And it was right in front of the enemies of Israel. They built the tabernacle, and in there there was actually a table of showbread, right, that they would make. Uh, In this journey, there was a table of manna every day, right, that was given to them that they would eat. No matter where they went, I would say the table of God, quote-unquote, provided, sustained, and satisfied every need of Israel as they went through this journey. And you know what? The enemies could not stop God's work and so understand that on your journey wherever God is bringing you have brought you to God is a table for you to sit and receive from him contently to receive bodily spiritually everything maybe you've been through the valley maybe you're going through the valley know that God's going to take you to the highlands God is going to bring you to that table and that place where where you can rest where you can be safe and secure there, where you can be content, where God is right there, and you can have a place of calm, a place where it's stress-free, where it's safe from all the enemies and the things that are going on all around you. Isn't that nice to know? I know I mentioned here uh, earlier that town, you know, carefree and and, you know, I was, I, was, I was thinking about that. Oh, yeah, that would be great to live there, but is it really carefree? And then I thought about what David is saying here, and I thought, you know, Lord, is it really carefree for us? Yeah. I mean, I, I go through a lot of things, a lot of battles, a lot of stresses, and a lot of worries. And, and all of a sudden I realized, what am I doing? God does provide for us a carefree place, a happy place. A place for rest, a place for calm, a place to de-stress, a place to 
to have peace and, and, and not be so rattled about everything. Yeah? It's like a, 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 an oasis, an island, a place where we could just go and maybe, yeah, all around you in your life is enemies and crazy stuff. But you know what? God provides this place where you can be content and rest. And guess what? That's with the Lord. That's with Him. That's that place. I mean, yeah, we have our life to live. I have life to live too. But you know what? I find that there's this highland. There's this plateau. There's this place that God can bring me through, through the valley, yeah? And that's that place when I sit down with Him, with His presence. With, it could be my daily devotions. This could be church right now. It could be when, like when we came this morning and, oh, we walk through the doors, leave everything out there, right? And we come in here and we focus on the Lord and God's presence and His Spirit is here and we worship and we find that place where we can eat and graze and find that calm and rest. That's what, to me, this is. And though all around us, yeah, we get the traffic and the motorcycles and your world out there, your enemies out there, the threats, the things that, that give you fear and worry. But we come in here to be with the Lord. And guess what? We find that table. Maybe you haven't been to that table. Maybe that's why there's so much turmoil going on in you. Well, listen, the table of God is calling you. Table for four, over here, you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah, God is calling you to His table to come and graze, to come and rest in His presence. He wants to sit down with you. It's a table for two, for you and God right now to find that place, that safe place to graze, to, to be renewed, to be refreshed, to hear His truth and His promises. I know a lot of times it's my mind that goes crazy. Yeah, these thoughts, you know, get in there and all this. And but you know, with the Lord, when we're studying His Word, when I'm in the Word, when I'm looking at the truths of this Word, I find this this peace there. I find this calmness because of the truth in His Word, because of the promises in His Word. When my mind says things like, "Oh, you know, you should give up. Oh, God's done with you." I go to the Word and I find truth that, no, I'm a child of God. God is not done. I am His workmanship. I'm, I'm forgiven of my sins and even my recent sin, God still forgives me and the blood of Christ cleanses me from all my sin. I find that place of rest there at this table of God. You see, the reality is God puts his table before us. He says, come, come sit with me. I'll protect you from all the crazy thing going on. Yeah? That's the truth of it. But understand the enemy, he wants to come and interrupt. He wants to come and, and put into your mind things that aren't true. To take away that contentment. To take away that security in God, in the truth. So be careful. Don't, don't listen to his Lies. Don't allow that to come into your mind. Don't allow any of that to come into this time you have. Yeah? Don't allow that at, at all to stress you out. I heard this phrase this week and it's just hitting my heart. Don't let the enemy have a seat at the table. Don't let him. In Jesus, you can find this rest. In Jesus, you can actually be carefree and happy. So we see the table of God here. It's the first thing we find. And secondly, number two in our outline is the oil of relief. The oil of relief. Verse 5, once again, after this first part, David writes, Now you anoint my head with oil. So David writes next, you, Yahweh, my personal shepherd, you anoint my head with oil. Now, if we take this analogy of the shepherd and his sheep, uh, we have to understand this. This will help us understand what David is writing here. During the summer months is when all the insects come out. 
gnats and flies and things like that. And the most feared insect of the sheep is what they call the nose flies. And as you can imagine, it goes up your nose. These flies fly up your nose. So it irritates the sheep. Yeah? I mean, have you ever had a little fly go up your nose? I have. It's like, oh, you know, you're like, blowing, blowing. Is it now blowing? You know, yeah, you know, I don't feel it, but I don't. Ew, it's just, just, just a really gross thought, right? So it's the nose flies, and, and they buzz the sheep's head. They fly into the nose. If they get in the nose of the sheep, they deposit their eggs. I know this is gross. Then their mucus membrane and the larvae hatch, and they burrow up into their head. And, and it, it, it's, just, it's just total total suffering and 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 the sheep you know what if they feel that they're rubbing their head on the ground or some of them thrash about even some sheep that it's just so bad they're beating their head like on a tree or a rock but what does the shepherd do the shepherd anoints the head with oil Uh, anoint means rub or smear And this oil the shepherds use is a mixture of olive oil, spices, and sulfur, actually. And they put it all over the the head of the sheep, and it actually, uh, what do you call it, it keeps the flies away, yeah? And, And it keeps them from coming around. And once the shepherd does that, immediately, a change comes on the sheep. No more internal aggravation, no more irritability, no more restlessness, no more stress. They're calm and, guess what, carefree. So what is David talking about? What's this analogy? Remember, all this is a metaphor analogy. It's a picture of our relationship with God. Well, I believe David is talking about with the oil that's anointed on the head. What is that? Most of you will understand. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Usually oil in the Bible will represent the Holy Spirit. And so when the priest, when the king was anointed with oil, that was a symbol of the Holy Spirit, God's anointing, His Spirit coming upon them. So that's the idea for us as His sheep. In 1 John 2, 20, at the, the first part says, But you have been anointed by the Holy One. Each one of us, every believer, has been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so here's David saying, The oil of relief is when the Lord my shepherd anoints me with the Holy Spirit. And that's our point here. The oil of relief is when the Lord, my shepherd, anoints me with the Holy Spirit. We know uh, the the role of the Holy Spirit. I've taught you guys many times how the Holy Spirit will convict us, uh, bring us to Christ. And once we come to Christ and believe, did you know that it's the Holy Spirit who is the agent that makes us into new creations? It's the Holy Spirit's work in us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? Where old things have passed away, all things have become new. We are new creations through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We also know when we come to be believers that we know that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, right? We've heard that term like 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. We know the Holy Spirit brings fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of that, right? The Holy Spirit gives us the strength, yeah, to live for God, to be this new creation we are. So the Holy Spirit is what anoints us, and guess what? It's that connection to the Holy Spirit, His anointing upon us that's rubbed, so to speak, on us. That will give us peace with that internal aggravation going on. It's the Holy Spirit that will keep us calm when we're starting to get restless. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us relief, you guys, from the storms all around us. There are just battles and storms in our mind. It's the Holy Spirit in our life. So seek that life that is full with the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Ephesians, didn't he say that? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
The word says be continually filled. That's what it means in New Testament. And that's what we need, you guys. Maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you've just kind of been out of your mind. But the Holy Spirit is here. And God wants you to anoint you, to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to, to heal your mind, to give you strength, to give you rest from the stress. It's the Holy Spirit. And perhaps, perhaps that's what's been missing this whole time. Perhaps that's something you've neglected, but he's been there. But as Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. As he wrote in Galatians, walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh, right? And perhaps that's what you've been missing. And no wonder there's so much restlessness in you. No wonder there's so much turmoil going on. No wonder there's no peace. Because we need to be connected, we need to be filled, we need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. And I pray even right now as we speak, may the Lord fill you with the Holy Spirit right now. May He touch you with the Spirit. May you you sense the Spirit calling out to you even right now. Open yourself up to me. Let me come in. God has given the Spirit for us, for each one of you. And as David says here, you anoint my head with oil. God wants to anoint you with that oil of relief, the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great to know that with the Spirit, we can actually be carefree and happy, you guys. Honestly, I read this at first like, oh, God, how can I teach this? I don't feel carefree and happy. But, you know, as I study this, I go, oh, Lord, I get it. Oh, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need your touch. All right, let's go to number three, our last heading here, the cup of joy. The cup of joy. The shepherd keeps the sheep carefree and happy, and we've seen the table of God, the oil of relief, and now number three, the cup of joy. So here in verse 5, Psalm 23, the last part, David writes this incredible Three words. My cup overflows. Lastly, David's just sharing what's going on now with him as God's sheep, as God is his shepherd. And he just like, oh, I can't believe it. My, My cup is just overflowing here. Now in the Bible, this speaks of this abundance. And I believe this speaks particularly of this abundance of joy because of the abundance of blessing that God is pouring out upon David right here, pouring out upon David, his sheep, yeah, a, a, a sheep of God, uh, of the shepherd. And, and this speaks of the abundance of joy that David is just filled with. It's just overflowing inside his soul. And why is that? Because God blesses so much. Because God gives... Because God has done so much. God, God being the shepherd is just unbelievable. I mean, t- take a look. Um, look up, right, from verse 2. What does he do? Well, he gives green pastures, yeah? And, and so the sheep can lie down in, in peace. He, he leads them beside the still waters, waters to drink without the sheep being af- afraid. He restores the soul. He, he heals. He leads me in, in the right path, path of righteousness. Yeah, and even though we walk through the valley, right, there's no fear because the shepherd is right there the whole way. And, and, and the shepherd protects the sheep with the rod and staff and guides with the staff. And so the sheep is comforted. And so no wonder David writes in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah? And so David comes here at the end of verse 5 writing, Gosh, I'm just so filled with joy. I'm blessed so much. This all brings so much joy for God totally cares for me. And so his cup overflows. Oh, I was thinking about what Jesus said in John 10.10. He said the thief, and we always allude that to Satan, right? He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. 
And we say that a lot. That's the devil. We don't want to do anything the devil wants us to do. We don't want to give in to him. We don't want to do his will. Yes, don't. But you know what Jesus said in the second part of John 10.10? I came, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it, what? Abundantly. Yeah. That's Jesus. That's our shepherd. That, that's what's unfolding in, in front of us in these past weeks as we've been studying this psalm. So here's, here's the, the last point I want you to see is the overflowing cup of joy comes from being with and following close the Lord my shepherd. That's what David is saying. It's like he's bringing it all together. And you know what? Next week we're going to get in verse 6 and he's going to even burst out even more. But for now, Dave is like, this overflowing cup of joy, wow, it comes from being with Jesus, being with my Lord, being, following close to the Lord, my shepherd. That, that's what it is. That's where we can have joy, you guys. An overflowing cup of joy. It's Jesus. It's being with Jesus. It, you know, being with them close to him, I tell you, it just does something to our heart. Yeah, it, it, it stirs us up. And when we see what he does and how he speaks to us, when we see how he takes care of us, we're just like, whoa, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm, I'm safe with you. I'm secure with you. I have this peace. I'm content with you. And oh, I'm just so happy with you. That's what David's saying. The old flowing cup of joy comes from being with and following close to the Lord, my shepherd. I heard someone say, how do you know your bucket is full? Well, when your feet get all wet. <laughs> I love that. But I love that picture. You know why? Because it's so true, right? Even with enemies all around, we can still find joy in our walk with God. Our feet are still getting wet in our walk in this world, in this life. Because Jesus is with us. He's taking care of us. He's providing. He's, he's, we can sense Him. His Spirit is helping us, strengthening us, giving us all that rest and peace and calm inside of us. That's the Lord. And He keeps feeding us. And giving us his promises and reminding us of his promises and, 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 and the truths. We learn the truths about who God is and who we are. And that feeds us. And we can still keep walking and our joy just overflows even more. Proverbs 15, 15 says, All the days are of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful heart, cheerful of heart has what? A continual feast. Isn't that great? It just clicks in with, with what we're reading here. This table the Lord has set before us. And you know what? This table, these green pastures of God, they, they don't end. They're, it's not like the thing dries up or there's no more grass and it's just bare dirt. No, God continues to feed us. God continues to help us. God continues by His Holy Spirit to strengthen us. God continues to be there for you and me. Know that today. Go to Him. Run to Him. Be with Him. The table is there. The oil, the cup. A famous Christian writer from the late 1800s, you might have heard, I've quoted her before, Annie Johnson Flint. Well, she wrote this poem. I want to read it to you. <clears throat> she wrote, His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Amen? Amen. God is here, you guys, for you. And what he's trying to tell all of us today, and, and, and he's been sharing this with me, I'll tell you, I, I had my doubts, like, oh, carefree, happy, I don't know. But I see it now, and I hope you see it. God is here actually saying, look, you can be carefree, you can be happy. Even in the midst of this crazy world, yeah, things going on in Europe, Ukraine, things in the Middle East, yeah, China, with Taiwan, all these troubled things going on. It was so sad, the assassination of the Prime Minister Abe, right? 
I mean, all these things going on. And, and we're just, is the world falling apart? Boris Johnson stepping down as prime minister in England, you know, all this stuff. And, and we can be stressed out about this. In our own county, elections coming up. You know, in our own country, you know, with, with fight, uh, the federal government now trying to fight against this, this abortion, you know, uh, deal. And all this stuff in our, our economy and, and your, you know, our, our very own lives. Maybe our marriages. Maybe our relationship with our, our children or our adult children. Maybe what's going on at work or your finances or your health. Maybe with, even with your health. But God is saying, look, it is possible, you guys, to actually be carefree and happy. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you really had joy? I mean joy. Joy from heaven. <coughs> Joy from the Lord. When was the last time? I pray a lot. Oh, God, just give me one drop of heaven that I may have joy, you know. When, when was that? It can be today. It can be right now. The Holy Spirit saying, look, I'm here. I can give you that. Your shepherd is saying, trust me for your life. Trust me with what's going on. Let the Holy Spirit confirm that and fill you. Right? With joy. With the joy of the Lord. Knowing that God has everything taken care of. And if you have the Lord, if you have Jesus, that, that's all you need, right? That, that, that's all you should want. And he says, I'm here so you can be content. I'll close with this. A woman named Nancy, she didn't have much, but she was always glowing with, with Jesus in her, her life. In contrast, there's a wealthy lady who knew her, and this wealthy lady had very much, but she seemed always to be gloomy and, and critical and always just having this down outlook on life. And, and she noticed Nancy. So this wealthy lady asked Nancy, you may be happy now, but how about later? Suppose you're laid off. Suppose you don't have any money anymore. Suppose you can't pay your rent. Suppose... Stop! Nancy interrupted her. I never suppose. And she said, For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then Nancy said, You know... It's all those supposes that is making you so miserable. And she said, why don't you give them up and just trust the Lord completely? Yes, that's right. That's what it is, you guys. Can we see that today? That we need no more, we need no stress anymore. Yeah. Whatever you're struggling, whatever it is, you know what? Give it to the Lord. Put it into His hands. He's the shepherd. He's going to take care of it. And just sit with Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. And right now, this moment, you can be carefree and happy. Let's pray. Lord, as we close up today, God, we confess that this this is like hard. Can we really be? But Lord, even if it's a moment we have, even if it's right at this moment, God, from these few minutes we have left in this service that we find ourselves carefree because you take our cares. God, we want to cast our cares upon you, Lord. We want to give you our burdens, Lord. We want to, we want to be your sheep right next to you, sitting with you, not worried about the enemies all around us, not worried about all the problems, not worried about the world around us, but it's just me and you, Lord. And you're here. We're fellowshipping. We're communing together. We feel your presence and your spirit is filling us to the point where, Lord, you're here. Why worry? God, you're taking care of me. Why do I worry? God, 
You even know what's coming ahead, and, and you have that taken care of already. Why stress? Oh, Lord, I pray for each one of us here right now that you would give us that drop of joy from heaven, Lord, that we may, for even if it's just this moment, find rest and peace and joy in you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that even as I stand here and as we stand, as we are here together, God, Lord, we find that rest and peace in you, Jesus, because you're here. Lord, I pray for anyone here or online who's, who's struggling, who maybe even their mind right now is things are spinning. God, help them to put that aside, to put it into your hands, God. Don't let the enemy have a seat at the table in their mind, but clear all those things out, God, and help us all to just focus on you, who you are. You are our shepherd. You're our Yahweh. You're the one who cares for us. You're all powerful. You love us. You, you give us grace even when we fail, then you, you have compassion upon us. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who we are now in you, Jesus. We are your child, adopted into God's family, never kicked out, never will be. You take care of us, Lord, as our Heavenly Father cares for his children. You provide for us. You're there for us, God. Oh, Lord, hold us right now. May we find a safe place with you right now. And Lord, I pray once again, God, for your Holy Spirit to anoint us, to fill us, that you may, like David say, smear, rub, God, because the flies of trials in this world are just, can be too much, Lord. But in you, with your Spirit right inside of us, there is rest and peace, calm and contentment. Help us, Lord, to not look for contentment in things of this world, in relationships, in situations or circumstances. But help us find our contentment in you alone, Jesus. That's all we want, Lord, to be with you, for you to be with us. And thank you that your word says that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And so, Lord, we find press peace in you. Let's all stand for a moment. God, we stand together, Lord, acknowledging you as our shepherd, our good and great shepherd. We acknowledge today that you do take care of us. We acknowledge together that we believe in you and your promises and the truths of your word. We stand, God, upon that foundation of Jesus Christ, our salvation, and we stand Lord, in unity to say, God, you are my shepherd and I shall not want. Thank you, God, for being here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. <clears throat>